It's actually okay. Dalton Jacobs, but it's fine. Dalton Jacobs. That's my wrestling name. Okay. I don't. I don't hate that. I mean, it's it's got big time like, like jobbed out to Braun Strowman vibes, but. <laughs> Good morning, Ryan. What would your wrestling name be? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, I don't know. Stick man. The stick man. <laughs> uh, Jake's was uh, Dalton Jacobs. Oh, nice. That's like like anytime I play a video game and like you have to like make a name for your character, it's Dalton Jacobs. <laughs> That's not bad. Like every every five star quarterback in Madden. Dalton Jacobs. I had one. I think mine for a while on like WWE two K was like Alex Jordan. Oh, that's good. I feel like that isn't that a isn't that a wrestler's name? I don't think so. I hope not. I got nope, just I got... some just some really old architect. All right, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I think my my favorite for like creating a quarterback on NCAA or whatever was Walter Clydesdale. Let's make him <laughs> like six five and two fifty. You'd just be white Cam Newton. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna honestly. I might just leave all of this, all this cold open in. It's just uh wow. They were cold open. A rare I'm, one. I'm, I'm, I'm a big cold open guy. Yeah. So yeah, let's somebody just, hit the music. Yeah, let's just let's just <laughs> jump into it. Music. <laughs> yeah, it's Tuesday. You know what that means. Welcome into highly disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop, and with me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? Fresh off uh, my most recent viewing of The Bachelorette, um, which will be another podcast you can find here on the uh, the highly disputed feed sometime in the next month or so, I believe. So I'm not sure when we actually plan on doing it. Maybe maybe there'll end up being two Bachelorette episodes, like a first one and then like a follow up at the end of the season or something. I don't know. Maybe. But, um, you know, what better way to get into what we're talking about today than um, watching reality TV? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, very similar topics about uh, shows that are all at the same time. And, uh, at least one of them is. Similar shows. Very similar. And our, our correspondent we were bringing in, this, this show has always had some wrestling adjacent elements to it. But today we're finally doing a wrestling episode. So we had to get on. Our good pal, Jake Long. How's it going, Jake? Uh, it's going great. Um, so I used to have a podcast where I talked about old wrestling pay-per-views um, called Two and a Half Marks. There's my shameless plug for the boys. Um, but I, I had to get out of that. So I was really excited whenever I got asked to come talk about the, uh, you know, the news. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> the news that the news that nobody could have possibly seen coming. No, the news that Vince McMahon is a creepy old man. <laughs> yeah, that that part wasn't news. I would have never fact, guessed. The fact that it actually like something related to that and a story about it actually led to him uh, stepping down, retiring in his old age, and definitely not just resigning out of shame. Uh, <laughs> definitely not that. So. Yeah, so what, what, what was this, like, maybe like a month ago that the Wall Street Journal dropped this story that Vince had 
paid hush money to a paralegal from WWE, an employee of his that he had an extramarital affair with, which it's funny because uh, if you paid close attention to Vince's interview with Pat McAfee, he accidentally let it slip when he was talking about Linda McMahon. He said, my wife at the time. Uh, I mean, my wife. <laughs> Which was hysterical. Pretty so, incredible uh, slip of the tongue there. It really, yeah, it really was. It's, it's so, a pretty uh, big deal in his life, you would think. But maybe not. Yeah. Just referring to you, what everyone thinks of as your current wife, as your wife at the time. It's, uh, it's gonna, it, raised, it raised some questions that were... Uh, I guess in a way answered by this. Well, also for someone who's been in every public appearance, pretty much ever quote unquote in character, you'd think he, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Vince yeah. McMahon. It, it was, it was one of those things where the news came out and I was like, I don't know how big this news is going to be considering anybody who knows about Vince McMahon is going to go. Yeah. This is like, I probably could have just guessed this on my own. Yeah. That adds up. That was that was exactly what I thought. Like, like when did that become? Like, honestly, whenever I heard it, I was like, "Oh, I thought I'd heard that before." Right? right. Yeah. It seemed like one of those <laughs> things where it's like, "Oh, is this like this is a, like another one?" Or yeah, yeah, this is new. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. That. So have it they done of... this? Have they done the storyline before? <laughs> <laughs> they probably have. Actually. Honestly, probably have. similar. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, Vince messing around with the re- with his employees has uh, definitely been a uh... Trish, Trish Stratus. Anybody? Oh God, yeah. Oh, that's that that's on the notes. Don't. Yeah, worry. I think <laughs> and his daughter I... too, right? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, just when you take into consideration what Vince McMahon has willingly put on his television program, <laughs> it makes you think like, what does this guy do behind closed doors? <laughs> so so there was the, that first story and then the wall street journal dropped a second story after because after that first one it was like well wwe now is opening an investigation the by, from the board of directors to look into this and look into uh vince vince's ndas that he has filed and whether they've uh you know used company money or his own personal money or whatever for it a couple weeks later they drop a story that say, yeah, he's paid $12 million in NDAs to people over, what, 2006 to 2020. It's like, oh, awesome. Um, but it still didn't really seem like it was going to lead to anything. Like, it was just like maybe it, it kind of seemed like one of those things where more stuff still seemed like it was on the way. But what was currently out wouldn't do anything. But then what this past Friday in like the afternoon it's announced Vince tweets out himself from his own personal Twitter account. He says, uh, you know, at my old age, it's, it's time to retire. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with anything that's going on. I'm just old, man. I'm just old. Definitely. You know, even though everyone had all expectation that he was going to do this until he died. Uh, and maybe after he died, I don't know. He'd probably Mm -hmm. as a ghost haunt the WWE headquarters. But he just all of, a sudden, all of a sudden stepped down. And then there was a report like yesterday or the day before that was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently the SEC and some federal prosecutors are looking into this now. Oh, well, <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, because apparently the, the money, uh, he, didn't, he did not report it with the uh, WWE financials. Whether, uh, I think it was like implied that it came from company money, but even if it came from his personal money, 
apparently he should have uh, filed it, you know, under their financial statements, I which he did, which I he guess, did not do. Which because he's the the owner, and like the, by law he has to do that. I I what? guess. Um, what 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 byline does that go under? Like, like it doesn't go under salary. It doesn't go under like equipment <laughs> expenses. Uh, yeah, it goes under some uh, miscellaneous expenses. Uh, it goes under covering my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so if if he used company money and didn't report it, buddy, that's embezzlement. You're going to jail. <laughs> or at least they're going to try to put you in it. I don't know. If Vince, if Vince rich people don't to jail it. yet in his life, I don't think he's going now. Yeah, that's the rich, <laughs> that's rich, true. Pe- rich people just don't go to jail. For all the things that Vince has done in the past, uh, this would be the one. It'd, right. be like, it'd be like how Al Capone went to jail for tax evasion. <laughs> and if, if he did go to jail, he would at the same time regret and also be happy about the fact that he's just like constantly working out and it's just like a beefy old man because doing that will he'll be able to defend himself to an extent but at the same time um he's probably like a little healthier than a lot of people his age he does already have a jail a jail bod so yeah he does yeah he's just a strange looking and oddly shaped human yeah, my man. My man's in jail taking bumps off of like the second story, <laughs> showing the inmates how to do, how to take back bumps off off the. Uh, Here, somebody the give me a stunner. I'll sell it. <laughs> let's yeah, and then let's see. So now he's stepped aside, and now the the corporate reshuffling has spun around to where. Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, has taken over as co-CEO with Nick Khan, uh, the the man that is probably going to end up helping them sell the company to God knows who. Uh, Not to be confused with Tony Khan. Yes, uh, that was a confusion. I went on the sports mix the other day, and uh, I mentioned Nick Khan and uh, had Spencer Dupuy, uh, who will probably be a guest on this show at some point. He's he is verbally asked uh, himself. But uh, he was like, oh, he's like, yeah, Nick Khan, that's, uh, that's the owner of the Jaguar. The owner of the, he said the owner of the Broncos at first, but, you know, slip of the tongue. Uh, and I was like, no, a different one, Khan. One of relevant franchise versus another. Anyway, where were we? Um, the, uh, the Broncos stink. So I think is what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, Tony Khan. The... Tony Khan, the owner of the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. He uh he he's not the the new co CEO of WWE yet at least because uh, <laughs> you know all the money that his dad has I mean consolidating consolidated together let Tony Khan be the monopoly of wrestling instead of Vince McMahon that'd be something it'd be better <laughs> better I mean that's a that's a low bar yeah the the a monopoly isn't good either way for things in general but. Maybe better. Anyway, uh, the the new heads, yes, the new heads of WWE are Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as co CEOs, and then the new head of creative uh, right that will write the shows is uh, Triple H, the uh, the old head honcho of NXT. Now, uh, <laughs> Jake, you you much like me were a, f- a fan of Triple H's NXT. Are you are you oh. uh, are you looking forward to uh, seeing what old Hunter Hunter Hearst Helmsley has? in store oh absolutely uh i mean if you look at like it 
you look at like the matches that Triple H used to have, right? And they were always these like forty minute epic slow burns in like two thousand and four. <laughs> that's kind of how he, like, I, I I didn't always love his matches, but that's how he was telling stories in NXT. He was starting out with these. I mean, I, I'm talking about one specifically. I'm talking about Gargano, uh, Champa. Like mm-hmm. that story just developed over the course of multiple years. And I just think that storytelling like that, while you can't have it in every story, is so hard to do. And he did it so flawlessly. Um, and so I'm hoping to see elements of that uh, now that he's taking over the creative. Um, and like, honestly, weekly TV, whenever he was running NXT, was so good. And I think he's going to run into some bigger issues with, you know, Raw being three hours and not the crisp one hour that NXT used to be. Uh, and also not pre-recording, but I think if he can find a way to get that same storytelling and that that same kind of succinctness uh, into Raw and SmackDown programming, I think it's going to be, uh, for lack of a better word, elite. <laughs> Good one, all, all elite. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you there. I was I started watching NXT around like the end of 2014, and I watched it all the way up until they went to the USA Network, and then I kind of was on and off with it until I eventually started picking up AEW, you know, like a month or two into the pandemic and started watching that on Wednesdays instead. But I think you're right in general that, I mean, the Gargano and Champa story was incredible. I actually did my college capstone on on that (laughs) uh, story because at the time it was the best example of long-term storytelling and wrestling that I had ever seen. Uh, It's since been one-upped by uh, Hangman Page and AEW, but uh, that's neither here nor there, but <laughs> I I think you're right that there are those those issues that I think a lot of the formula could because when NXT went head to head with AEW when AEW first started they went live in two hours and my immediate thought was oh god they're gonna ruin it yeah. because <laughs> the the formula that they had there of basically taping four episodes at a time and one episode a week. And just building up to one one takeover every two to three months, it was a really good formula because it lets you tell those long term stories because you only were doing a big event every, like I said, two or three months, mm-hmm. and you had not you couldn't really do a whole lot in one episode. You had to like, you know, make you had to be creative with your time. Yeah. So it's a lot every second that a wrestler was on TV or was like on NXT programming, it mattered. Yeah. So now he go he's going from filming from filling uh one one hour of wrestling a week to two or you could say two, because last thing he was running was the live NXT, to now yeah. five. And he doesn't have the advantage of being able to write four episodes at a time, uh like he did in NXT and he's also he's running the bigger brand which he's going to have to you know the NXT audience was was different than the Raw and SmackDown audience. The Raw and SmackDown audience is you know 1 to 2 to 2 and a half million people whereas NXT's audience on the WWE network was 100,000 wrestling fans who had already paid money to be watching wrestling. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So not, not some like sixty-eight-year-old in their like recliner, uh, flipping through their channels on basic cable. 
<laughs> right. Or the or or the opposite, where it's like uh, you know a kid watching it, uh, like watching just in a Raw or SmackDown, and they just they want to see Roman Reigns. That's what they're there to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's all. I mean, that, Vince McMahon has turned the Raw and SmackDown into the Roman Reigns show. So hopefully, it can it can be switched around to <laughs> make more more than just one star at a time. <laughs> But yeah, it's a lot different. There, you can't really do the, like the you know black and gold, dark, gritty underground feel on that national stage. It's why they chain, ended up changing to NXT 2.0 with the bright colors and whatnot. Because NXT versus AEW, uh, NXT looked like the or NXT looked like the less professional wrestling, right? Because it was just like it looked like it was in a little warehouse. Which it kind of was, full it, it, it literally was. <laughs> it literally was. Whereas, whereas AEW was bright, more brightly lit in, in these big arenas. Uh, which, Full Sail University was a cool venue and all, but it just wasn't right for like the national stage and like a national brand. NXT so. versus AEW sounds like an incredible video game. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, well, that's just a, that's The thing is now, that's just AEW. Yeah, <laughs> like all the NXT guys have just gone to AEW because Triple H's vision of wrestling and Tony Khan's is not that much different. <laughs> so it's like you know, be good, <laughs> be entertaining. Yeah, good story, <laughs> like good writing and storytelling. Like I feel like, like that's, <laughs> that's all I hear about. Like that stuff is like it's pretty much it's wrestling for wrestling fans. It's not wrestling for like the mouth breathing masses. <laughs> Yeah, that was that is the problem with WWE in general, and hopefully it can be fixed to it. But they are so big at this point, they might be too big to like shift the other way. They can they literally changed in some ways, but I've always said that it's WWE has been like the shining example of this that has made me think it. But as a general take, when you try to appeal to everyone, you end up appealing to no one. Right. Well, you see, um, uh, Monday Night Raw is is going back to TV fourteen rating so um it's it's gonna be like the old raw that's just, just so they can talk about what happened to vince <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's gonna be for one episode where they're like oh yeah vince did this and then they're going back to whatever tv7 or whatever it is it's it's really funny because the uh the reports behind that are literally like yeah they're doing it because kevin dunn the producer is tired of, i was tired of having to censor the word shit <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that really what they said? Yeah, no, that's literally the literally the backstage report on it is that Kevin Dunn is like tired of having to censor certain words. He's try he's just like it's doing it out of laziness. <laughs> when is when is Kevin Dunn gonna unceremoniously retire? Uh hopefully like in the next week. Uh when's whenever the uh, whenever the next Wall Street Journal story drops because <laughs> there's gotta be one coming about him. Good lord. What is interesting because I mean AEW's been on for what three years now? Yeah. Um, and cable in the past ten years has has really changed. Where you you could pretty much always do kind of whatever you wanted on cable, but they still kind of followed those broadcast rules for the most part, especially before like ten p.m. Um, and AEW came out and they're like, yeah, we're gonna say shit and goddamn, and it's gonna be uncensored because we're allowed <laughs> and it's cable, <laughs> like right and. So yeah, I mean, I guess for for WWE, it's that's a big shift for them, maybe because I guess when your audience skews young and old, like your all of your audience is just on different ends of that spectrum, 
you're you're probably just gonna offend all of them or like the parents <laughs> of half of them. <laughs> just yeah. knowing knowing like just that demographic of television viewer. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, not not that you know they're out there cursing up a storm every week, but um, I think. I think that the only company that should be allowed to be TV fourteen is whoever currently employs John Moxley. That's fair. That's that'd be a good one. Yeah, that's it. And then John Moxley gets to do things that wouldn't make it into like a TV MA show. Honestly, yeah, just bleeding all over the place and cussing yeah. <laughs> and saying whatever he wants. That would be a fun um, slant for them to do with Rampage. Is it's on oh at ten god. and it's TVMA oh. and it's like really oh my like god. It, and it's like really borderline like it's edgy stuff. I think that'd be cool. I think they should do that with Ring of Honor. Like, there's a solid chance that Ring of <laughs> that Ring of Honor is gonna be like an HBO Max exclusive. Really? Oh. Uh, I, th- oh. I mean, it makes the most sense. It like Ring of Honor needs a TV deal. Uh, they're working with you know AEW already and. Tony Khan's trying to get to t- together like a streaming platform, a streaming deal with someone to get like, you know, the AEW catalog and other stuff. He bought Ring of Honor. He has the Ring of Honor tape library now. So he can put the old, he has more content to present to a streaming provider. So is Ring what, of Honor, is that that wrestling that's like syndicated at like 2 a.m. on Saturday morning? Yes. Okay. It was so... uh, it was uh, it was owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Okay. They sold it to they they were going to shut it down and essentially they sold the brand to Tony Khan. Tony Khan kind of bought it so that WWE wouldn't basically. All of my experience with Ring of Honor wrestling is watching um Saturday night football, college football on ABC. <laughs> and um which abc7 <laughs> i'm pretty sure i guess I'm, i guess it would make sense then abc7 is owned by sinclair in washington yep um and i'd fall asleep because you know those games they go pretty late college games are long i'd wake up uh after the local news and it'd be ring of honor wrestling I'm like wow what is this and then i go to bed at like 2 a.m <laughs> that's <Yep>. my experience <laughs> i know nothing about it yeah that's it though it's uh I mean, it's one. It's kind of like one of the more. It's kind of the predecessor to the AEW and uh, NXT's uh, lineage, wouldn't you say, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's like that's where Brian Danielson and CM Punk and uh, guys like that made their names before WWE. It was full of the guys that, like, uh, at the time, WWE wouldn't hire because they were like five ten. And that was Vince, <laughs> Vince's thing: is that you have to be, you know, a giant, muscular bodybuilder. Uh, Does he realize it's a TV show for the most part, and you can make anybody look like they're six three? You know, the thing is that Vince McMahon <laughs> is an insane person. He is well, a psychopath who was also obsessed with bodybuilding for himself. <laughs> yeah, but now so, now he's a retired one. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> what so, makes you think he's crazy? Uh. <laughs> Ryan, go on Peacock and just watch every episode of Monday Night Raw from uh, 1998 to 2002. <laughs> Man, <laughs> You'll sounds, know what I mean. It sounds like a delight. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to watch every episode, but just literally any episode. <laughs> I will watch every single one and report back <laughs> to you when I'm finished. Watch any episode. But, uh, so yeah, I think that would be a, that'd be a fun idea. Just put ring of honor on as like a hbo original series on hbo hbo max original series and make it tvma mm. and that would, you i would watch that 
you could have some fun there. So, I mean, as for AW in general, how they tie into this, it's probably the biggest part of this. Like, the biggest part is that maybe it makes them a lot more likely to sell the company, WWE, to, you know, NBC, Disney, and I don't, whoever wants it. They're, they say want, that they're. I need WWE to exist in the same universe as Mickey Mouse. That would be <laughs> electric. Did you did you see the uh, did you see the today that uh, they did a deal with Epic Games that uh, there's oh be, yeah and John a John Cena's, a John yeah. Cena Fortnite skin and uh, I, got out, I got out of Fortnite a little while ago. Kind of want to get it just to play as John Cena. <laughs> and uh, Fall Guys, there's going to be uh, skins of. Undertaker, Asuka, and Xavier Woods. I feel like those are three of the most random people. They it was so random. It's like I, I get if it was like three current wrestlers, like, okay, like the Asuka, new day. Uh, yeah, it was like okay, Asuka, Xavier Woods, and I don't know Seth Rollins or something. Yeah, but to throw the Undertaker in there, it's like <laughs> what? Do you think the Undertaker knows what Fall Guys is? Absolutely, no not. chance. <laughs> I barely like, know what it is. <laughs> I'm 24 years old. He said he's you know, the Undertaker would probably say the only Fall Guys that I know are the soldiers that fall in battle to protect oh, our rights brother. overseas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they got that. They got a Roman Reigns uh, car sticker on on a Rocket League. It's all yeah, all cool stuff. Uh, but anyway, see, like, yeah, well, you sell it right. How does that? even work in like the short term i feel like there's really nothing that's going to change because they they the nbc deal is like or i guess like universal or peacock whatever that is mm-hmm. that's still fairly fresh right like there's still a lot of money and years left mm-hmm. on that thing yeah. yeah i mean it's only a year old i guess yeah the peacock deal is at least uh they've nbc universal uh, owns the usa network who has been doing who has been airing monday night raw since you know, God knows when, 15 years or so. Um, so, I mean, I guess there's some appeal there that they they already kind of own half of, the, like, the content part of WWE, the pay-per-views, the, the tape library, and one of the two shows. Uh, two of the three shows, actually, if you count NXT. So, really, it's like the only thing that they don't have <laughs> is SmackDown, which would be interesting because, like, would they put it on NBC instead of Fox? I don't think there is any chance you see SmackDown on NBC. <laughs> That's just my two cents. Wait, I mean, like, like NBC... what's, what's another subsidiary show, like, channel? Um, NBC has, or Universal, they have NBC, USA, E, Bravo. I, th- I think USA. Bravo. I, I... Put it on Bravo, baby. <laughs> I do think USA is their second biggest channel. Yeah, I think behind you know regular NBC, maybe NBC um, Sports, but they wouldn't put it on there. Well, that that doesn't exist just anymore. Put it on MSNBC. Oh, well, okay, that's right. You're right. So NBC <laughs> Sports, they just recently in the past year or so folded in NBC Sports and in, into oblivion or NBC right. Sportsnet, I should say. Um, so like any of the big uh, sporting events you would see on there are now on pretty much all on USA Network, so like Premier League Soccer and. Yeah, um, they lost their NHL deal, which was a big deal for them. So that doesn't exist. That could have been like a half decent spot for it, maybe. I um, but I just yeah. really want to see it follow Anderson Cooper. <laughs> oh, or alternatively, 
Telemundo is also owned by Universal. <laughs> that would be beautiful. <laughs> that would be sick. Except it's just AAA, and it's it's AAA. That's it. It's yeah. not WWE. We just have AAA on. That works on for American me. television. That works for me. Can you imagine watching CNBC and <laughs> SmackDown comes on? <laughs> Immediately following the conclusion of Rachel Maddow. Tune in for... I just I want to hear Rachel Maddow have to read a SmackDown, <laughs> a, a, a uh, Smackdown ad read. Stay tuned for a brand new and like a news voice. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Maddow having to interview Sami Zayn in character. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got, he's got the hat on. Yeah, just talking about his conspiracy theories or... Or maybe he just goes like full. That's where they let him ride, write out his like actual uh, political beliefs and talk about Palestine or whatever it is he wants to talk about. Um, so that would be fun. You know, there are you know everything is just under one or two companies these days. So like, um, CNN had this like special for like telling kids about the vaccine, and they use Sesame Street characters because. Um, Warner Media uh, has the rights to Sesame Street now. I wonder what situation would happen to where CNN felt they needed to have AEW wrestlers on their <laughs> network for a special. Oh my god! I'm trying to think of the the situation or the circumstances that would arise for them to have to do that. Hi, I'm AEW wrestler Orange Cassidy. The monkeypox epidemic has begun <laughs> out of control. <laughs> It'd be incredible. It wouldn't I mean, surprise me. Like this, this uh, maybe I don't know if, if this pops up on like the, uh, the the wrestling blogs or the Twitter feeds. Um, if they got somebody to to say anything about Vince McMahon in like an interview on like one of the daytime news shows, but maybe not. Maybe that's like a too touchy of a subject they don't want to touch. But um, I feel like that's the closest we might get. <laughs> It's like, like, like they're within the company. They're an easy interview to get. You're talking about one of like the WWE wrestlers themselves? Or like, no, just like an AEW, like... Oh, an AEW person. Oh, yes, oh, like a former WWE. They're like, can you speak on... Uh, and now, it might not be Vince McMahon, but if there were some scandal involving WWE that, weren't, that wasn't so like <laughs> caught up in finances like that, yeah. then I think then it's like, this is an easy interview... Um, we'll get this this person on. They don't have much of a career to risk by talking about this subject, basically. Yeah. Now, see, uh, I know that CNN's uh, approach to talking about it was they interviewed Dave Meltzer, who is like oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. They who is for for Ryan? Probably, I don't know who Dave Meltzer is. Is essentially what like the Adam Schefter of wrestling, the Woj. Like he is the he is the kind. It's even more so than that. He's like the wrestling he's i wouldn't call him the wrestling journalist anymore he doesn't break as new as many as much news as sean ross sap of uh fightful but he is like the go-to like historian he's the historian yeah that's yeah he's been he's been covering he's been covering wrestling for like 40 years and he's like the go-to for like uh star rating for a match and uh like he back in like the 90s wrestlers used to give him new uh, scoops all the time like Bret Hart used to like when Bret Hart was going through the the Montreal screw job, he would just call Dave Meltzer on the phone. Dave Dave would just <laughs> write down what he said on the phone. See, my main outlet for wrestling news, or really my only outlet for wrestling news in like today's age is the internet. So like back in the nineties yeah. when that's not prominent, 
Maybe it was the internet in the nineties, but it was where, the dirt sheets. Where do you go to get your wrestling news? It was the Wrestling Observer newsletter written by Dave Meltzer. Wow. On the internet. Yeah. Or I think it was it started off as literally like a newspaper. It like probably, a, yeah, like, it probably like, was a real newsletter. <laughs> it was it was actually a newsletter. And then it developed into the inter- an internet version. So that was where you got your wrestling news, your backstage, your backstage news. My current source of, of wrestling news is my group chat with Dylan and Shep. <laughs> That's <laughs> there you go. Where I get all my news. Not, it's, it's not a bad source to have. No, yeah, it's pretty good. We usually post them. Uh, we have we're sub- subscribed to Fightful Select. We get the, the stuff like that it. used to be so useful in like magazines for sales, like big exposés on stuff when it was like, and it would be like actual bombshell news. The internet's really just uh, killed the industry. Sad to see. <laughs> killing the industry. Let's pour. Kill, killing the business. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pour one out for magazines and newsletters. Yeah. I think the one the one way that I want to like get into how this affects things is Triple H being in charge of WWE instead of Vince is actually probably bad for AEW because uh, it's going to open the door for all of those wrestlers who like, were like Vince is not going to like me because I'm five eleven and <laughs> I'm I'm one hundred and ninety pounds and you know whatever else. All those guys that thought you know they couldn't make it in, in WWE because of Vince specifically, he's gone. And if Triple H is running it, Triple H loves all the NXT you know AEW style guys. Tony Khan's literally hiring all of uh, Triple H's favorite toys, like uh, Adam Cole and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. He pro- I mean, who knows? Johnny Gargano might go back to WWE now that uh, Triple H is in charge instead of Vince. Or who knows? So. A guy like MJF, MJF's only like six foot. So if he, he, there was a risk that if he tried to go to WWE, that first of all, uh, Vince was going to script his promos too much and not let him, you know, be MJF. And also the fact that he's like six foot and not six, four, six, three was going to limit how far he could go. Now, if it's Triple H, I bet Triple H loves MJF. (laughs) He does too. Who I mean, I feel like they have similar gimmicks, like the, I mean, obviously MJF is doing it on a higher level, but like the uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley gimmick, like the rich pampered boy gimmick. Yeah, pretty much. And then that's, that's literally the same. It's yeah. Like the, the abbreviated name, the initials, the initials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the whole, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So, and then oh, there wow. was, there was already, yeah, I didn't think about that until now either, but there was already the thing where Cody Rhodes going back to WWE probably helped out because there was that that crossover where someone like MJF or like a Ricky Starks in AEW who's friends with Cody could call could call him up and be like, "Yeah, I'm having a good time over here." Like I, you know, there was there's no worries like they were pushing Cody Rhodes very hard. There wasn't this like AEW stink that Vince was a, uh, you know, opposed to and Triple H certainly isn't going to be opposed to it. So there's that. So there will probably be some more, even more back and forth between the two companies within the next couple of years than we were already going to see. And, you know, just with AEW's roster becoming bloated. So that's going to be fun. It was going to be less fun with the idea of all these AEW guys are going to go get more money and have to be written by Vince. But now it's Triple H. So can we get another invasion angle, but actually make it good this time? 
Man. AEW invades WWE. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? It like... doesn't say the contract says Khan, but not <laughs> Nick. <laughs> that would that would be a good one. Uh, I they I think Triple H would be more likely to do like a forbidden door thing with AEW. I don't think that would happen either way. I don't think it would, but 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 I think you're right. I think uh, like do you remember whenever they did the oh my gosh who who was it they sent like Christian. It was Christian and Ric Flair. Yeah, that's what it was. They wanted Ric Flair for one more match. I could see them doing something like that. I think it would, they wanted Ric Flair to induct him into the Hall of Fame. And, that, yeah, and that T- right. And TNA was like, what are we... Oh, am I back? Yes, you're Working back. back. All right. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a call in the middle of the thing. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. from a It was like a scam number. But yeah, so it was... <laughs> Have it was, him on the show. <laughs> that'd be that'd be interesting. Uh, I wish you could just like plop, plop them in here from your your phone call. It'd be incredible. Oh god, that'd be amazing. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was that they wanted Ric Flair to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and TNA was like, "What do we get in return?" They said, "Well, we'll give you Christian Cage for a, for a night. You can induct him into the TNA Hall of Fame and have him for a match or whatever appearance or whatever." So, yeah, they should definitely do something like that at least with AEW. Like let Adam Cole go back over wwe for a night oh that could be spicy and uh wwe can send over oh, who would be a good who would be a good one who would be a good like oh man aw gets one w this wwe guy for a night like a seth rollins um, oh i'd have to i'd have to really think about like who do i want to see <laughs> it's cody <laughs> they just send him back <laughs> <laughs> just, just be cody ricochet you do uh, give oh, Ricochet do something with Ricochet. It's just Cody, so that Cody can do some tax paperwork. They bring back Cody, so they can finally do like that blood and guts match that with the with the elite. Oh. <laughs> that they never that they never got to do because of the pandemic. Yeah, so I think the way we wrap this up here with our last topic is like Vince is done. What what is the what is the lasting legacy of Vince McMahon? I, I want to start oh. with Ryan. Because I want to know, like, what does okay. what is what does he know when when Ryan with uh, what do you when you think of the legacy of Vince McMahon? What do you think of as a person that's not like a wrestling fan? Yeah, someone who, um, I'd say at at the at the lowest bar, I have average knowledge of wrestling. Maybe within the past year or so, I've I've gone slightly above average just for like all humans <laughs> um but yeah still still not to the point i'd call myself a fan uh vince mcmahon i would say was revolutionary in in helping create wrestling professional wrestling as we know it today uh he was also he's also a psychopath <laughs> and a terrible person so you weigh the good and the bad <laughs> We probably still come out um, uh, in the hole here, but um, I mean, how many creative it, it, he's one of, aren't psychopaths? I would say he yeah. is one of many people in the entertainment industry who was at least for a time great at what he did, but nobody you should root for. Yeah. So that that brings me to a question, like. And we've talked we talked about this a lot on my other podcast because 
we would have a lot of matches from like Benoit. We had matches with I, I can't even think of other people. Just other people that have done like terrible things in life. Like wrestling is for better or for worse an art form. So like how much can you enjoy the work of someone that you know has done these terrible things? Like I like I don't I don't expect you guys to like give me the definitive answer, but it's like it's definitely a big conversation just in like in culture and entertainment and media. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know that there is one singular answer because every situation for every problematic person is going to be. <laughs> uh, I guess I don't know if problematic person is the best phrase, but um, people under those circumstances who have done something wrong or have um questionable or problematic views it's it's gonna be it's gonna have to just be a a situation by situation judgment um it's hard to say like what you can separate for just in general right like i i don't i don't like anybody who says separate the art from the artists in all situations i really don't you just can't do that right um but Vince didn't either, because like there's a lot of those questionable views and policies in his art. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, like yeah, there's a lot of situ- yeah. classic wrestling played so much into like stereotypes and caricatures. Absolutely. I mean, that was every that was the whole thing, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> with like the you, you, there was Hulk some Hogan, the All American. You couldn't you couldn't separate the art from the artist a lot of times because of stuff like the you know the Sergeant Slaughter Iraqi sympathizers. Angle, uh, like the Muhammad Hassan, like uh, terrorist character, and just all of the others, uh, stereotypical characters. When it comes to Vince in general, I don't necessarily, I don't really subscribe to the idea that Vince is like a creative genius. I think he's a branding genius, if yeah, nothing, if nothing right, else. Right, right. He's like a, a genius businessman who always knew how to how to brand himself and get him make himself more money. I think a lot when I think of like his legacy as like an on screen character. That's where I would I would separate like the art from the artist and be like, he was a great villain, but he was okay, kind of just acting. He like literally himself. literally was a yeah. villain. He was just kind of just acting like himself on TV. And when it comes to like WWE in general, the creative process, it's like I give a lot of that credit to the wrestlers themselves. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. WWE's golden era was a lot less scripted. So a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin was great because Steve Austin was great. And like he was like The Rock was so electric because Dwayne Johnson was right. a genius. You know, Mark Calloway as The Undertaker was a genius. And all these great wrestlers were great in the ring because of themselves. You could say, you know, here and there, Vince is, you know, puts the right guys in the right place. But in general, I give, I prefer to like, you know, my enjoyment of wrestling is viewed through the wrestlers themselves most of the time. Well, and, and, and that that was going to be my like kind of my point about it was, like, yeah, Vince did all of these things, you know, kind of built the business. I mean, his dad started it, yeah, but. But if, if you listen to, of course, it depends on how much you subscribe to what guys like Bruce Pritchard and, uh, oh gosh, who's the other one that Conrad Thompson has a podcast with? Not Shivani. Eric Bischoff. Uh, Eric Bischoff. God, I can think of his name. It depends on how much you subscribe to what they say. But like Vince just took other people's ideas a lot of the time. 
Yeah. And like applied them to his for better or for worse. So, you know, he's a. <laughs> and that, that is also big business. <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. that right is him, exactly. That is him taking um, other ideas. Unfortunately, yeah. you can define what great is. That, is. that is part of him being great at being a businessman. Yeah, exactly. Which really, and, yeah, and I, being, and I think that being a great businessman um, tends to be, in a lot of cases, uh, somewhat of an unethical practice (laughs) i i think that his legacy to me and i kind of want to i want to like write a like actual paper or something or like video essay or something about this is that i think vince mcmahon is the perfect american he is the perfect encapsulation of american culture in almost every way (laughs) yeah and pro wrestling is in general and his vision of it is like the all of america rolled into one it is this the way that Vince came into power and became the most per- the powerful person in wrestling was that he took over his he he inherited his wealth. First of all, there's one. There's the great the great every great American business story starts <laughs> almost always starts with inherited wealth. And then he went against his dad's wishes of uh you know, taking out his competitors because when Vince Jr came into power Wrestling was a territory system, uh, and it was essentially, you know, you had your Memphis wrestling, your New York wrestling, your Florida cha- Florida championship wrestling, Georgia, the Carolinas. They were all separate things on local TV because there weren't really many nationally televised channels in, to begin with back in the 80s or 70s or whatever. And Vince was like, no, I'm going to make as much money as possible. I'm going to be the wrestling promoter. And he essentially wiped out all of his competitors until he was the top dog, you know, being with ruthless business practices and questionable morals and ethics. It's to me, it follows a very similar path to the American empire. Like he, he is the imperialist wrestling promoter. (laughs) (laughs) I just oh, gotta like, say, is, is, <laughs> I just gotta say the 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 title of this podcast needs to be Vince McMahon is the perfect American. <laughs> Derogatory. <laughs> In print, yeah. Oh man, that's perfect. That is perfect. But no, yeah, I'm like the trajectory of WWE almost perfectly parallels the trajectory of the United States of America. And when it comes to like, you, I, I almost you could write a book on this. Like the Cold War was the Monday Night Wars. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody cut his mic. <laughs> and then like the the period of American exceptionalism, you know, of like the after the fall of the Soviet Union, where America was the hegemon, the global hegemon, is the is the same as the period of America in like the '90s and early 2000s, where there there was you know. There was uh, there was that compared to when the fall of WCW and ECW happened, and WWE was the only game in town, really. And in this comparison, I think that makes AEW China. So I don't no. know how I feel about that. <laughs> Listen, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Tony Khan is Xi Jinping. All of that. <laughs> I just hope AEW has a better human rights record. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> but here's the thing: who is? Who's the Putin of this whole scenario, of this analogy? Oh, so that's interesting because it's like, who's the who's the third and who's the third in this scenario? I'm gonna say it's uh, 
hold on, wait a second. I want to make sure I get the name right before I say it. Oh wow. Don't is it slander. uh <laughs> who's the guy that runs the NWA? Billy Corrigan? I was gonna Billy say Corrigan. Billy Corrigan. <laughs> the 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 from the Smashing Pumpkins, yes. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I was gonna say him too. That's who came to my mind. I think that does make him Vladimir Putin in this in this pre, in this comparison. Derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, eh. yeah. That to me, that's the legacy of Vince McMahon. Is just American imperialism. <laughs> he shaped okay, our I would read the book. I'm not gonna lie. I would read that book. <laughs> What'd you say, Ryan? <laughs> Vince McMahon shaped our country as we know it. He really did. Most influential man in America. I mean, it followed. Look, his his wrestling company followed like the same like cultural uh, trajectory as America too. Like the '80s was full of American exceptionalism with Ronald Reagan, and then through the '90s he went through a grunt. Uh, he went through a grunge phase with the Attitude Era. And now everything. And now it's the now the grunge. <laughs> he went through his anti his uh, anti authority uh, uh, kick with Stone Cold as the as the main guy. In and that, now it's just, in that analogy, Stone Cold is like Fred Durst from the Biscuit. Oh, we got to give him more than that. He's at least <laughs> Kurt Cobain, if nothing else, uh, or like Rage Against the Machine. He's Zach De La Rocha. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, so so really, he's always appealed to the masses. The masses just yes. used to enjoy WWE or WWF wrestling more. <laughs> yes. So now, now, just like every other media uh, enterprise, it's uh, bland, boring, uh, you know, glossy, uh, you know, plastic, you know, appeal to everyone kind of thing. Shall I mean, they already, pedantic. they already, uh... shallow and pedantic. You know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they already, you know, kind of. Uh, what's the word? Just kind of stripped the life out of their logo here within the past few years. Yep. It kind of had that, like, I don't know. It still had that grungy kind of, like, yeah, wrestling type of look to it. <laughs> yeah, from and now the, it's... The, the Attitude Era. Like... Yeah, like, that. That it was that same, like, I guess it was just that W logo they had on the screen. Yeah. Um, And now it's just nice and shiny and plain. It's pretty yeah. sad. I miss logos. Yeah, and most and much like most other war criminals in American history, he's they are also a sex pest. So <laughs> there you go, allegedly. Allegedly, as of right now, allegedly. Uh, happy retirement. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. R.I.P. Bozo. <laughs> That's about all I got. That's all I got. Wait, hold on. No, wait. I do have one more thing. Okay. You know, I actually, I, I truly, in my heart of hearts, I think his legacy is going to be that Hornswoggle is his illegitimate son. In a lot of ways, if you break it down, a lot of like the problems of like WWE stories over the years, you can like you can like encapsulate it in that. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So now it's time for us to list off all of the crimes of uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh man. Please enjoy the last 25 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> The live sex celebration. Please, please save your applause for the conclusion of the podcast. <laughs> so everybody has a chance to hear their name read. Yeah. A lot of names. <laughs> R.I.P. Owen Hart. That's, you know. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Among other things. Rita Chatterton. Shout out to her. 
Google these names. <laughs> you got yeah. a phone. If you have a phone, you have a lawyer. <laughs>